Megovanin. Megovanin, Melanin. Megovanin, Melanin. Ianeth mean Nethel. Ianeth mean Sierra. The boring normal name. Girl, you need you need to have an Elven name because I, I just say that in my head all the time. Ianeth mean Nethel, and I just I that's that's just gonna be it for my vocabulary from now on. Yes. Yes. Wait, was that all of our intro? No. It isn't. Welcome to Chronicles of Fiction, guys. <laughs> Welcome. We read fan fiction and uh, attempt to speak Elvish. And, and we would just speak Elvish. That's it. That's it. And that's it. That's the goal here. That's the main goal is to eventually slowly only do this. We want to be able to do this entire podcast just speaking in Elvish. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I get so excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm sorry. And then like like the 16-year-old me just comes flooding back and I'm just like speaking Elvish to myself. Yes. And granted, it's the same like four phrases over and over, yeah. but still yep. it's something. It is. Yes. I-, I love it so, so much. It's so pretty. And I love having like an Elvish name now. Yes. Yes. I, I absolutely love it. Yours is just, it's so perfect because it is an exact translation like it's yes. not um well this is kind of what my name means so i'm gonna like kind of translate it it's like no yes sister nathel yes beautiful yeah Nathel. Me, i love it so much naming my kid that is just it's gonna happen yes please <laughs> it's so pretty it just flows so it well it really does it, it really, really does so how's your week been um I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever because we were technically off last week so right yeah so guys listening um we are now back to uploading the same day we record regularly scheduled programming regularly exactly um <laughs> my week's been okay um I I don't remember I don't remember the last time we recorded was that what two weeks ago it was a little more than that because I was supposed to go out of town that week and then so we recorded early and then I didn't go out of town okay because we recorded uh two episodes like two Sundays ago like our regular one and then we recorded our one shot and then I all of a sudden got news I was supposed to be out of town so like the next day we recorded we recorded like three episodes in two days and then I ended up not going out of town the weekend I was supposed to and then I went out of town the weekend that you were also out of town right 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 which yeah so um so it's it's been a while it has been a while it has um I've started therapy so that's been good how many sessions have you had I've had two Two. so yesterday was my second and I had to switch to telehealth for for a little bit because like three people at my job has to have tested positive oh no and as of friday they're still at the office so Um, are you at the office i am but i'm on the opposite side of the building they don't come to my desk so i'm not i'm not please tell me you wear your mask i do when i'm walking around i have to um (laughs) i have to but um anyway so i i told my therapist because i was like well i would i mean i don't think I have it, but I don't know, because, you know. You can, right, right, right. So, but anyway, I had to switch to telehealth. The point is, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, because I was, like, originally I was, like, I don't really want to start therapy unless it's in person. Right. But the, because they use the telehealth app, the connection actually works. It's not like Zoom, where it's all cho- choppy. 
Right. And it was nice to actually see her face because we, we didn't have to wear masks. And right. right. It really wasn't as bad. So if you're afraid to start therapy because of that, it's really not as bad as it sounds. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. And it's good that you have like a good viable option. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll probably do that for, I think we're scheduled to do that again one more time. Um, and then probably go back in person, but yeah, it really wasn't, it really wasn't as bad because it almost felt more normal than going in. Isn't that so weird though? Because of COVID, like, uh, I feel like online meetings have become so much more normal. I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm all about it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. Um, yeah, the, the downside is, is that I, I did it on, in, the bedroom and so it was like I couldn't just leave I mean I did I got out and I drove around because I knew I needed to leave the place that I did it and then come back right 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 it was that that was a downside is it's not because it's harder to separate that's true yeah but it really it really wasn't bad um and then Caleb left on Friday he's gonna be gone for the next two weeks so pretty that sucks Oh, did I not tell you that off the air? <laughs> you did. No, you did. Okay. But, uh, it, it's still like that sucks. He's just, he's going to be gone for that long. Yeah. Cause the army decided not to tell him until <laughs> like the week before. They're like, Oh, we forgot to tell you. Yeah. You're going in March, not in June. Uh, are you able to talk to him? Um, kind of, he was supposed to call last night, but he right off the bat, they kept him up for 27 hours. Right off the bat. Um, so he passed out and didn't end up coming, yeah. which was fine. I was like, yeah, just, just sleep, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that we're putting our safety in the hands of people who are being sleep deprived. I know. It makes no sense because the only branch of the army who, who are, are, recognizes it is, or uh, not army, military, is like the Air Force because they're like, well, we can't have pilots in the air who are sleep deprived. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you can't have soldiers on the ground with <laughs> no, no, are also sleep deprived. <laughs> no, fine. Speaking of that, I saw this really interesting thing because you know how, like, in the hospitals, a lot of doctors and nurses and stuff mm-hmm. they do like 12, 16 hour shifts. Yeah. The guy who came up with that and who came up with the, like, on-call overnight thing came up with it because he was addicted to coke and was up all the time and didn't understand why people couldn't just be awake for 20 hours. <laughs> why can't you just be awake? Just <laughs> here! Take it! It works! It keeps you awake for hours, I promise! <laughs> wow! Oh, that was very interesting, and I wonder if there's some, uh something similar that happened like with the military at one point and they're everyone's just like stay awake forever stay awake it's fine just like pound monsters for the next exactly days. you'll be fine uh, crazy but anyway we're here to talk about fan fiction believe it or not we are uh do you have an elvish word for us oh yeah hang on i took screenshots i can i was like it was last night i was like you know <laughs> I should probably figure this out because I knew I wasn't going to be able to this morning because I started working out and um, I work. Why? Because I want abs. No, they're not worth it. <laughs> but like, I feel like now's the time to do it because I am entering my early 20s and the chances of me gaining weight 
has gone way up. It's called growing up. Yeah. So I may as well do it now while there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you also adjusting your diet? Because slightly. Okay. Um it's gonna as from what I can tell from the people that I know, like it's a it's a combination of the yeah. two. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually gonna go to Walmart after this and I'm gonna go get green things. I I'm gonna, gonna go to the bar and have a drink. Huh? I'm gonna go to the bar and have a drink. <laughs> hey, you know what? Just and make red wine and call it healthy. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, but how was your week? We never got around to that. Oh, bo- boring, boring, long, exhausting. The trip wore me out, but it didn't hit me until like Tuesday. And I woke up on Tuesday and I was like, I don't feel super great, but whatever, I'm just tired. And then by the end of the day, it felt like a truck had hit me. And I was like, oh, this is not good. So thankfully I had Wednesday off from babysitting and I laid in bed all day and watched Harry Potter. Didn't, I didn't do any housework. I didn't even make my bed. I was like, I just can't relaxing, which helped. Uh, but then it was just, yeah, just, it was a long week. So I'm very glad it's Sunday and, and have a day off and just get to relax. Yeah. But otherwise, nothing exciting. <laughs> nothing exciting happens to me. It's fine. I'd, I'd prefer it that way. <laughs> it takes less energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. I wanted to start doing pole dancing classes, but then I realized that they're expensive. They are, but oh my god, they're so good for you. Like, like I want physicality-wise. Yeah, and my therapist was like, this would be good for you because you mm-hmm. make friends and it would be active mm-hmm. and it would be like, it would be something all my own. And I was right. like, yes, I want to do this. And then I looked at the price and I was like, I still want to do this, but I don't think I can. How much are they? Um, from what I was seeing, they're closer to $100 a session. Oh, a session? Mm-hmm. Now, that could just be the area I'm in. It's super hipster and everybody right. is. They're all broke, but they pretend they're rich. So, well, I would say the only thing that I can say to that is in something that I've noticed in in my generation is we're spending our money on things that make us happy, even if it isn't considered the smart thing to do. Yeah. So like we might be driving beat down cars, but we're going to learn pole dance because that's what we want to do. And, you know, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons to it. And you know what you know it, it is whatever but that is a that is a lot of money to shell out for something like yeah, that so I'm, especially when you could probably like aside from not having the pole you could probably learn a lot of it on YouTube. i know i mean i'm looking at that lamp that's in the corner right now i'm thinking now you know it <laughs> <laughs> you want to get down <laughs> uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Um, that's great okay well hope you find something yeah we'll we'll see <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, what's our elvish word for today? Okay, it's another phrase. Um, man e n f lean. Oh no. So that's not complicated. Man, as in like a man, M A N. Okay. I, man. as in like I. Okay. But pronounced E? Yes. Okay. Um, N F E E N I T H E N E T H. Oh, E N E T H N F. Why why is it backwards, Tolkien? Go ahead. Lean. L I N. Lean. Man Ian Yes. 
and it means what is your name oh because i guess man is what and then name is ns and then lean is your uh, uh, and mean is mine yes uh-huh. We're getting into some grammar here. No, and I'm still, that's, I mean, grammar is what's going to be the difficult part because your comes last bef- after name because yeah. it's what is name your. Right. And I don't know right. how that works, but I'm going to work on that. Man, man, Ianeth Lean. Man, Ianeth Lean. Man, yes. Man, Ian, Ethelene. Okay. Um, that's going to take some practice saying. Yeah, because you can go Megovan and Megalene. Ian, Ethelene, Nathel. Man, Ian, Ethelene. Oh, how did you do that? <laughs> Megovan and Ian, Ethelene, Nathel. Man, Ian, Ethelene. Yeah. Oh, God, I did it, but it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound very fluid. Okay. I got to work on the fluidity. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll it'll come. I've been, like, speaking this in my head for, like, four years now, so... Secretly in my bedroom, just like I speak Elvish. <laughs> wow, that sounded demented. Uh, one <laughs> you need some friends. <laughs> I know. One phrase I want to learn it to be like because I'll have to piece. This one's going to be hard because it's not just like a typical phrase, but I want to be able to say, "Um, not quite, but I thank you." Because I want to when people say she speaks Elvish, like because like Matt said it the other night. Um, when I was over there, he was like, and she speaks Elvish, and I want to be able to say something along the lines of, not quite, but I think, but thank you. But in Elvish, yeah. it yes. would be cool. Yes. Uh, Michael said that you and Janelle hit it off pretty well. We did. She likes Lord of the Rings. She also likes Star Wars, but I have, I have, I have bad connections to Star Wars, so we can, but we'll forget. Um, and it was funny because she actually knows the guy who gave me those bad connections to Star Wars. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and no. it was great. But. Wow. But, yeah. Um, Matt is our cousin. Our cousin just got a girlfriend. That's the story there. Oh. Yeah, and he's like, I don't even know how old he is, but he's old enough to have already had a couple girlfriends. Yeah, so. he's, this, this was big. He's, he's Michael's age, right? 20? Yeah, they're the same age. Yeah, they're like a week apart. And everyone's turning odd numbers this year except for Michael. So is he turning 27? 26. No, 26. Yeah, yeah. He's turning an even Yeah, because he was like, I need to be special. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everyone in our family is I think we all have issues. And that's that's on being born into a large family. Wouldn't try it for the world. Nope. Boy, have you messed up, y'all messed me up. <laughs> Not you specifically, you came first, so technically it was your territory before mine. Exactly, none of this is my fault, it can't be. Uh, anyways, alright, well, so today we are on chapter 5 of of Tokes and Brandy books, and the chapter is titled The Withy Wendell. Which I'm very excited because I've always enjoyed the Withy Wendell. I wish I had, I, like, I think I would name a turtle Withy Wendell. <gasps> oh my gosh, yes! 
I, th- I feel like that's a great, you know, because they're kind of connected to water and stuff. And I would, I want to use Withy Wendell somewhere. So yes. And a turtle would be perfect. I don't really know why, but it like fits better than like a frog or a lizard or right. anything right. else. Right. Slow and winding. And that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm... I need to tell the kids, maybe the kids can rename one of their turtles. Yes. The with <laughs> their 15,000 turtles. That I they know. Have. Oh my gosh. They're playing. <laughs> Emily did say she thinks one of them's gonna have babies. So, and I swear, if one does have a baby, I'm. I'm oh my gosh, it, so. it'd be so cute, right? So cute. All right. Well, are we good to dive I think in? Think so. All right, guys. This is uh, of Tooks and Brandy books by Idril Telkantar. This is chapter five, the Withy Wendell. This one's slightly longer chapter, which is why I wanted to dive into it. It's like twenty three minutes. All right. Their night was a miserable one. The three hobbit children sat huddled together on the path beneath an overhanging bank all night, drifting off for perhaps half an hour at a time before their drooping head was jerked up by the movement of the one they had been leaning on. None of them had dared venture farther along the path in the darkness, fearing that they should once more fall down the slope. They were too afraid even to venture far to obtain firewood, so they sat shivering with their cloaks wrapped tightly around them, sharing out the remnants of their food in a cheerless evening meal. Mirabella, who had given her cloak who had given her cloak towards creating a sling for Gobby, suffered the most. Her teeth chattered so loudly, Gobby was certain it was the sound of swords. Ooh, I can't read today. <laughs> <laughs> her teeth chattering so loudly, Gobby was certain it was the sound of the swords of the whites come after them again. Faramir arranged it so that Mirabella was sandwiched between the two boys and pulled the most part of his own blanket over her to cease her shaking. She looked at him curiously when he did this, but said nothing to his relief. When daylight finally came, it was not before time. Hold on, that sentence doesn't make any sense. When daylight came finally, when daylight finally came, it was not before time. I don't, I don't understand that sentence, but that is the sentence. I mean, maybe, maybe there was supposed, maybe there's a missing word that happens sometimes. Maybe okay. The three of them were profoundly cold, hungry, and more than a little afraid of the strange forest which surrounded them. As soon as there was sufficient light to see by, Faramir and Mirabella went to examining Gobby, who still cradled his hurt arm. Faramir was no physician, but even he could tell it was obviously broken. It seemed to bend the wrong way and was twice its usual, usual size. Gobby could do more than twitch his fingers without causing pain. What was to be done? Faramir felt shame rising inside of him as he saw Gobby hissing when Mirabella gently ran her hand along the arm. Gobby had said nothing that suggested he blamed Faramir for his injury, but he didn't need to. Faramir blamed himself, and he would have wept if Mirabella were not there. The hobbit lass, however, did not sit idle and fighting back tears as Faramir did. After examining Gobby's arm, she disappeared for a moment and returned with two large, two long sticks, which she broke across her knee. Then she took one of their blankets and, using Gobby's penknife, cut from it some long strips. Faramir watched dumbfounded as she aligned the two sticks with Gobby's arm and tied them in place using the blanket, keeping the arm in a more or less rigid position. Then, using the remaining length of fabric to form another sling, lifting Gobby's arm so that it was immobilized against his chest. She did all this with such an air of authority that neither neither of them said anything to her or tried to help. When finished, she sat back, satisfied. That should do for a while, she said thoughtfully. You should try and keep it still. How did you know how to do that? Faramir demanded, looking at her in a new light. That's brilliant. I saw Mother do it once, she said, a slight blush appearing on her cheek. 
She's the unofficial physician at Brady Hall, and I help her sometimes. My cousins are always getting themselves into trouble. Faramir had to admit that he was impressed. Somehow, he had never much thought of what Mirabella did when she wasn't annoying him and Gabi. He supposed she just read boring books and played with her dolls all the time. It's a good thing you're with us, he mumbled, avoiding her eyes. He felt vastly uncomfortable. She had been able to help Gobby where he could not, and she had helped him resist the whites. What had he done except led them all into danger? Mirabella blushed deeper and stared at him in astonishment, but she seemed pleased, attempting to hide a small, small smile which had arisen at his words. Clearing his throat, Faramir stood and made a survey of their surroundings, seeing that the path went on twisting down the length of the hill upon which they were resting. Peering over the side of the path, he saw the treacherous slope they had climbed the previous night and shuddered. As he had feared, the bottom was a long way down, lined with rocks and jagged formations. If, Gal if Gabi had fallen all the way... He shook himself and looked away, not wishing to lose himself in thoughts like that again. It was no use lingering. Gabi seemed stronger than the night before and quite willing to go on, but Faramir was wary. He didn't want his friend getting hurt again. Then again, they couldn't stay where they were. He screened his eyes and looked skywards where the sun could just be seen peeping through the leaves. If we head along this path, I think it might take us down to the valley floor, he said. It might be the withy Wendell. We can fill up our water and see if we can get some berries or something along the banks. He paused and looked awkwardly at the other two. What do you think? The twins blinked in surprise and glanced at each other. Silently, they nodded. Their packs lifted, Gobby hoisted to his feet, and the three began their slow descent down the steep slope. Their going impeded by the slipper, slipper, slipperiness of the path. I don't know why that word surprised <laughs> Like, what? I think, like, I've said it before, but I don't think I've ever seen it spelled. And so oh! <laughs> I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going impeded by the slipperiness of the path and their lack of sure footing. The sun rose even higher, and the air became stiflingly hot and almost unbearable in the closeness of the trees. At all times, Faramir was aware of a prickling feeling on the back of his neck, and more than once turned sharply around, expecting to see something watching him. He was uneasy and distrustful of the trees. They swayed and moved on all sides, though there wasn't a breath of wind. He wasn't the only one to notice. Do you think they're angry? Mirabella whispered to him, her eyes flitting from side to side. I'm not sure, he said, though he was almost certain he could detect a definite malice in the air. We haven't done anything to hurt them. Maybe they'll leave us alone. Do you think they're all bad? Mirabella turned her wide eyes up to him. I mean, that elm last night, it, it was like it was helping us. I don't understand this queer forest, Faramir said, shrugging his shoulders. I don't trust it. Maybe it wanted to help, or maybe it was trying to trap us. Who knows? But why would it help us if it wanted to trap us? Faramir shook his head. To guide us where it wants us to go? Maybe it wants to send us down the valley. That's where the badness is supposed to come from, isn't it? Mirabella said nothing, but he saw her shudder. She betrayed no fear upon her face and walked in step with Faramir, the two of them almost like a guard for Gobby, both of them alert and ready for any new danger. As they walked, they became aware of a whispering surrounding them on all sides, and more than once the sound of what seemed to be a distant howl. Gobby squeaked at the sound. Wolves, he cried, and clutched Faramir's arm tightly. There's a pack of wolves about. Don't be silly, Gobby, Faramir said, though whose own heart had leapt. Of course there aren't any wolves in the Shire. We're not in the Shire, Mirabella reminded him darkly, as she peered back into the dim light between the trees with a new tension in her limbs. The sounds of the house soon faded, however, and they relaxed somewhat, even eventually venturing to laugh it off, though not one of them ceased looking about them every so often with bated breath. 
half expecting to see a flash of a tail behind a tree or some dreadful eyes surmounting a wide toothy grin leering at them from beneath a rock. The path they were following eventually leveled out, and all three were overjoyed to see a merry little stream before them which ran parallel to the road. The trees had thinned, and the sun was allowed to penetrate here, its rays bouncing off the flowing river in great bursts of light, which made the entire sight look almost magical in its golden hues. A lazy haze seemed to shimmer above the waters, and the very sight lessened the burden on all their hearts. Faramir smiled and loosened his pack, depositing it by the bank, and strode forward to dip his weary feet into the clear water. It was cold, but soothing, and he could not help but be cheered by the sensation. The water was not deep, and so he waded out to, into a little stream, disregarding the chilling effects of the water, and bent down to wash his face and neck. It was then he noticed how filthy he was from the climb the previous day, and undertook to wash himself more thoroughly peeling off his outer layers and throwing them to the bank, so to wash away the dirt and grime of the road. Mirabelle and Gobby, no less filthy than he was, soon joined him, and before long each of them were standing knee-high in a little stream, cupping the water into their hands to give themselves a good scrubbing. Even Gobby, with his bound arm, soon began to smile, and even dared so much as to aim a strong kick towards Faramir, which quite drenched him from head to foot. Spluttering from the drenching and hearing Gobby's cackle of laughter, Faramir wasn't long in sending a returning splash of water in his direction, turning the laughter into squeals. Gobby, one-armed as he was, was not about to settle for this, and so the boys soon fell into, a, fell into splashing each other ever more wildly, laughing as they did so until they were wetter than they would have been if they had been entirely submerged. Mirabella, who at first had rolled her eyes and muttered something inaudible about silly boys, was soon induced to enter the fray, when a particularly vicious wave from Faramir sent her toppling over into the water with a profound splash. Upon leaping to her feet, she proved herself a formidable opponent, sending as many splashes in their direction as she received in turn. She too was now shrieking with laughter, her eyes sparkling and her rosy cheeks full of color. For a moment, all their cares and worries about the forest had vanished, and they became three young hobbit children again, the same as might have been playing in the brandy wine in any part of the Shire. Oh my god, that paragraph makes me want it to be summer oh, so don't bad. Don't even get me started. Oh, <laughs> oh there's still snow on the ground yeah, here. Actually, oh, no, no, no. We have, uh, I think, next Thursday or Friday, it's supposed no, to be like 75. No, I want to go home. Yes, it's, uh, it's finally. Finally. Mm. Worn out by their play, they eventually waded back to shore and threw themselves upon the grassy bank to dry in the midday sun. After what seemed to be a very short nap, they rose and were fortunate to find mushrooms and berries lurking under the bushes, which lined the stream, That they had, and they had quite a fine midday meal for the circumstances. Gobby lay back to sleep again after eating, his lips stained purple and resting in a vague smile where Faramir and Mirabella sat awake. She was a little way away, looking thoughtfully over the stream, her brow creased. Faramir watched her a moment, suddenly somewhat embarrassed, though he didn't know why. Yesterday she had been so angry with him, and today they had just spent half an hour playing in a stream. He wasn't sure how to act around her. Mirabella rummaged in their packs and retrieved their water bottles and began to fill them at the edge of the water while Faramir watched, still uncertain what to say. She had been so calm yesterday in a crisis and even now was thinking ahead. Again, a great shame came over him, thinking how recklessly he had led his companions into danger. She came back eventually and sat nearby but did not look at him, instead casting her eye over her brother. She smiled fondly. I think the pain's not so bad now, she said. He'll be fine until we get home. Yeah, Faramir mumbled, folding his hands together and looking at his nails. He sighed. I'm sorry, Mirabella. 
She turned to him, her eyes round in surprise. You? Apologizing? Don't get used to it, he grumbled, shifting uncomfortably. But you were right. It was stupid of us to come in here. I didn't think it through, and I shouldn't have acted the way I did with the two of you. I'm a rotten friend. Mirabella looked as though she was about to smile and shot back some snarky comment, but the words died on her lips when she saw his hunched shoulders and miserable expression. A rotten friend wouldn't have gone down that cliff to save Gobby, she said instead, her voice gentler than before, and a rotten friend wouldn't have tried to save me from that tree. You shouldn't have needed to be saved, Famir said gloomily. You came to help Gobby, and Gobby wouldn't be here without me. Mirabella was quiet a moment before speaking again, looking uncertainly at Famir, chewing her lip. Gobby wasn't the only reason I came, she said, staring at the ground. And before you get any ideas, it wasn't because of you either. As far as I'm concerned, you deserve all the trouble you get. Then why did you come, he asked, curious at the sudden nervousness he saw on her face. He had never seen her look so tentative before. She was always so confident, so brash and decisive. Why do you always follow us? She scorned for a moment before looking back across the river, a light in her eyes and a new peace on her expression. She smiled softly. For this, she said, gesturing to the forest before her, which in the light of the sun had transformed from the sinister into the beautiful. For adventure. On seeing Faramir's surprise, she left. What, you think hobbit lads are the only ones who dream of far-off lands and quests? I'm the daughter of Mary Doc Brittybuck, the master of Buckland, Esquire of Rohan, hero of the Battle of Bywater. Why shouldn't I want to be like him and see more of the world? She sighed and twirled a blade of grass between her fingers. All the great hobbit adventurers, that is, Bil Bilbo, Bullroar, Took, Frodo, and the others, they all have one thing in common, and it isn't their height. When was there ever a story of a hobbit lass going on an adventure? I want to be the first one. I had no idea, Faramir said, staring at her, as if he had never seen her before. Mirabella shot him a look of mischief he could never, he, he could never have imagined she'd be capable of. Of course not. You don't notice anything if it isn't in front of your nose. I've listened to father's stories more times than you can imagine, read all his writing, and I looked at his maps and wondered what was beyond the edges. And I thought, maybe there is something in what you're saying. Maybe there are antwives in the old forest. And if not, at least I get to go where few other hobbits dare go and save you two along the way. Faramir smiled in return and they fell to silence, each thinking of their situation. He stole a few glances at Mirabella. He could never in his wildest imaginings have guessed at the real reasons Mirabella was always tagging along after them, just assuming it was something all annoying sisters tended to do. He felt now he understood her for the first time. She too had longed to get out of the Shire, to live up to her father and see the world. It was remarkable that they had both been so much of the same mind and never realized it until now. It was all just more proof that Faramir never took much notice of the people who were important to him. It was something he resolved to change. Well, if we both want to be adventurers, then we both need to find our way out of this mess, he said. We need to get home as soon as we can. Gabi isn't like us. I shouldn't have forced him to come. He didn't want to. I wouldn't say that. Gabi had opened one eye from his position on the grass and sat up, wiping his stained mouth. He looked at Faramir. I didn't want to come to the forest, true, but I wanted to be with you. I wasn't about to stay behind. But why, Faramir frowned. Why come with me if you're afraid and didn't want to? Gobby blinked slowly, as if he wasn't quite sure how to answer such an obvious question. Because I thought you would need a friend, he said simply and smiled. Mayor Sam didn't abandon Mr. Frodo when he got scared. He feels. No. Faramir, far from being heartened by Gobby's reassuring smile, felt even more wretched than before. Touched to the core that Gobby would still consider him a friend after this. 
He coughed, clearing his somewhat thick throat, and looked to the two of them, a more serious expression over his face. We need a plan, he said, looking between the twins. We need to get out of the forest quick as we can. Any ideas? Both the brandy books thought for a moment, brows furrowed. We could follow the river, Gobby suggested. If it's the withy Wendell, like we think, then Tom Bombadil's house is at the end of it. Are you sure? Faramir asked. Tales of the strange men of the forest had never been of much interest to him, who had much preferred to hear of the ruthless old man Willow and vicious bear whites. Certain, his house is at the end of the valley. If we find him, he'll be sure to help us get home. Faramir was unsure. Bombadil seemed like a strange fellow, and he wasn't as sure as Gobby that he would help. But then, as he reminded himself, he had helped both their fathers long ago. If he was still alive, and there was no reason to think he wasn't, would he help their children? He glanced at Mirabella. What do you think? I think it's our best chance, she said, smiling at being asked. Going back across the bear down, now that I think about it, would be too dangerous. We'd never cross before nightfall again, and I have no idea how far Bree is, and we'll never find our way back to the forest on paths which keep changing. Faramir nodded. All right, then, it's decided. We'll follow the stream. Even if it doesn't lead to Bombadil, it'll probably lead us out eventually. We won't get lost following it, at least. They gathered their things and made off along the direction of the flowing stream, kept as close to its banks as they could. And, Mirabella added with a wink, if we find Tom Bombadil, we can ask him about the Entwives. If there's any, he'll know for sure. Fairmere grinned back, and it was with quite a cheerful attitude they continued on, spirits bolstered by their paddling and lunch of berries and mushrooms. The sunlight which filtered through the trees seemed to make the place far more welcoming than it had before, and as they walked along the bank, their voices were soon raised in singing some of their father's favorite walking songs with words of their own devices, their voices getting louder and the words getting sillier with every repetition until they, were sh until they ceased in laughter. Once again, they were on the lookout for entwives, searching through the trees and calling for them with such high spirits that all thought of leaving the forest began to fade from Faramir's mind in his renewed sense of excitement. But their good moods began to darken when the light faded behind a cloud and the forest was plunged once more into ominous darkness. The stream which they followed before had babbled pleasantly at their side, now seemed angry as it pursued its relentless course through the black trees. The berry bushes, which until now had been plentiful along the banks and they plucked as they walked, were now few and far in between. The old feeling of being watched came upon Faramir then and he was once more on his guard. Gobby gulped and shuddered at his side. His eyes were permanently wide. Watch out for willow trees, he squeaked suddenly, seeing Mirabella about to pass beneath the branches of one. It could be old man Willow. Stay away. The thought had not occurred to any of them until now, and they went on with even more caution, Mary and Pimpin's descriptions of the evil willow on the banks of the stream ringing in their ears. The light grew even dimmer, though they knew it was still the afternoon. Faramir thought more than once of Brandy Hall, where his, where his and Gobby's parents would be waiting, probably out of their minds with worry. He had a sudden rushing desire to be at home, tucked up in his feather bed with some sweet tea and some cakes. The darkness was shrouding them now, and they bunched together unconsciously, alert for every sound in the forest, jumping at the breaking of twigs, the whispers of the trees, the creeping evil which seemed to descend upon them. A howl sounded close by, surprising them all. They had forgotten about the howls from earlier. Another joined the first, and Faramir was horrified by how near they sounded now. No longer could he dismiss the sound as the moaning of the wind. It was real. It was the sound of some ferocious animal, and it was close. Gobby's face drained of color, and he stopped in sheer terror, raising his shaking hand to point across the stream. Look, he squeaked. Faramir looked, and he could have fainted in fright. 
Vermeer had never seen a wolf before, but he had no doubt that that was what he saw now. Like a dog, but larger and hairier, with sharp pointed teeth and glittering eyes. It stood on the hill on the other side, looking at them with a curious expression, its head tilted to one side, as though wondering whether or not to eat them. A low noise sounded in its throat. If Faramir had been older, he would perhaps have been a bit more sensible as to know what to do when one sees a wolf. Perhaps he would have known that the creature before him was, in fact, despite his imaginings, not a warg or a werewolf or any of the foul creatures his father had told him about, but a simple wolf who was merely curious as to why three little children were wandering about in its forest. But he was only eleven years old, after all, and had never come across anything more dangerous than a goat before, and so he did the worst thing possible when one is confronted by a wolf. Um, I would just like to interject. Yeah, I was Goats just thinking that. There was one okay. time we put, uh, what, you you said they are or aren't, because I they are, yes, they yes, are. because, um, you remember that big dog cage that we used to keep the goats in? Um, well, one time yeah. we, uh, this was in Yanceyville, so I was, what, six? Um, a, a we, baby. Brianna and I dared, uh, David to, um, get in. Oh, there. no. That if you were six, they Yeah, were six. um, and the goats weren't pleased, and they- kind of took it out on him so don't play oh, with goats they're not no, they're no. not friendly <laughs> no they're not no they're, they're not really not they're actually they one of the worst it. animals on the planet in my opinion but they, they are absolutely anyway yeah anyways run faramir yelled and gobby and mirabella who likewise knew nothing of wolves followed him immediately as they ran in the opposite direction, away from the river and into the darkness of the forest. The wolf, seeing this as a challenge, howled and barked and was met with answering snarls and yelps as he was joined on the hill by several other of the creatures, all of whom followed the fleeing hobbits with amber eyes. Then they ran. Faramir could hear the sound of the wolves behind them as they crashed through the undergrowth hot on their trail, and his little heart beat so fast it was like one continuous hum. The little hobbit had never been more terrified in his life. The Faramir took was nothing if not resourceful. Somewhere at the back of his mind, he realized that three hobbit children could never outrun a pack of wolves. So what to do? One of his father's stories came back to him then, not one of his own adventures, but those of Bilbo Baggins and the dwarves who had been pursued by wargs from the Misty Mountains. Thinking these creatures which followed him to be of the same variety, a new idea sprang into his head. Into the trees, he shouted with all his might. Climb up! Mirabella immediately shot into the nearest low-hanging branch and pulled herself up as quick as she could, more nimble than Faramir could have given her credit for, and was soon perched in the highest branches, swaying dangerously. But poor Gobby, with one arm, could not follow. Faramir ran to his friend, blood rushing in his ears. At any moment, he expected to feel teeth snapping at his ankles, flesh being ripped from his body. He used his hands to give Gobby a boost into the nearest tree and then sprung up behind him, pushing and shoving, then dragging and lifting, straining with efforts as he hoisted his terrified friend into the higher branches. Gobby, never much of a tree climber, tried his best to pull himself up, his feet scrambling to find footholds while Faramir assisted. They reached a branch thicker than the others, some thirty feet in the air, where they rested a moment, Gobby leaning back against the thick trunk while Faramir hung over the edge to gaze at the situation below. The wolves had reached them now, at least twelve of them, and all of them turned their unnerving gazes skywards at the three hobbits. Faramir could swear he saw some licking their lips. Some lifted their huge paws and placed them against the base of the trunk, and Faramir went cold, thinking perhaps that he had been wrong and wolves could climb trees, but none attempted it. 
They circled the two trees which held Mirabella and the two boys, growls rumbling in their throats, no doubt not best pleased at being robbed of their dinner. Mirabella in the next tree looked over to Fairmere. Now what, genius, she called, gesturing to the ravenous hunters down below. We wait, Fairmere called back, completely clueless. For how long? Till they give up, he scowled over at her. What else did she expect of him? And when will that be? Fairmere ignored her and turned instead to Gobby, who was trembling with fright. He made sure the younger hobbit was secure where he sat and tried to comfort him as best he could before turning to look back down at the pack below. The wolves did not seem ready to give up on such an easy meal so soon and continued to pace between the two trees, looking up hopefully every so often as if hoping for a hobbit to fall from the tree like a pine cone. Some continued to bark and snarl, and Faramir felt faint looking at the sharpness of their teeth. Most, however, settled down upon the ground, yawning and stretching out their paws, much as he had seen dogs do back home on a warm, lazy day. It appeared the wolves were content to wait as long as they were there. Faramir cursed his luck. He had no idea what to do now. Could they wait it out? When would the wolves get up? And even if they did, what would prevent them from being pursued again whenever they came out of the trees? More than ever now, he wished he hadn't thought to come here. Adventures, perhaps, weren't as much fun as he had thought. It must have been hours that they sat there perched in those trees, but it was impossible to tell the time, for the sunlight had long been obscured by clouds. Soon, however, he knew it must have turned to nighttime, where the usual noises of the night began to sound around him, and the light, which occasionally peeped from behind clouds, was now white instead of yellow. The wolves seemed unconcerned by the passage of time. They sat grooming themselves, stretched out asleep on the ground, or alternatively stealing glances up at them. They were now barely visible to the hobbits, so dark was it now, and Faramir couldn't tell if they were still the original twelve, or if some had left or joined them. Soon, all that could be seen was the glinting of their eyes. Mirabella, likewise, was barely visible in the neighboring tree. She was moving uncomfortably in her perch, the branches she was sitting in being much thinner and less secure than in Faramir's, than in Faramir's tree meant she was sprawled across several in a very uncomfortable position. She tried to stretch her wings, which she knew must be cramping badly by now, and he saw with some concern that the branches on which she sat were bending dangerously. She twisted on her perch and peered down below. Still there, she announced unnecessarily. I can't take this anymore. She wriggled again, trying to get herself more comfortable. The branch creaked ominously. Mirabella, stop moving, Famir warned, his eyes fixed on the bending bow. But Mirabella just scowled at him. This is your fault, Famir took, stuck in a tree like birds in a nest. What are we supposed to do? Just be quiet, won't you, and stop moving. If I don't move, my whole body is going to seize up. Mirabella, stop moving. He had just seen a huge crack appear in the branch close to the trunk, and Mirabella turned her head in panic. She, too, having heard the startling loud sound of wood cracking. She had frozen, and her eyes were wide. She hardly dared breathe. Her eyes looked towards Faramir, and he was shocked to see genuine terror there for the first time in all their adventures. Stay still, he urged, not, eyes not moving from the crack. Stay calm. Mirabella did as he did, but did as he said, but they both knew it was futile. The crack widened, slowly but surely, the sound tearing through the stillness of the forest. Faramir's mind was racing. What could he do? Faramir, Mirabella cried as another loud crack burst upon them, and the branch on which she leaned sank by several inches. She looked at him again, tears filling her blue eyes. Faramir watched helplessly as the branch gave away entirely, and it plummeted, its passenger with it, several feet down to the hard earth, where the twelve, where the twelve angry wolves I'm were sorry. waiting below. What? The end. Um, excuse me. <laughs> That's it for the chapter. Excuse me. <laughs>
She's very good at uh-huh. uh, ending it on uh, yeah uh, cliffhangers. Um, hello, <laughs> where's the rest of it in this chapter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's just like oh, oh man, that was good. Yeah, that was that, that was good. long, but it, like it really built up that ending really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't really expect it to necessarily end on such a cliffhanger, but it definitely leaves you wondering, like, well, what, right? Because I mean, it seems what pretty. Could uh, I next. don't. I don't feel like it's the type of fic to go that dark. So something must happen. Right. right. I'm hoping. Yes. I'm hoping for Tom Bombadil. And I had never really thought about it, but That's what I'm um. Hoping for. I forget who said it, but it would make, I mean, Tom would know if there were Entwives. Yeah, he would know, he would know one, above anyone else, and two, like, he would have the knowledge. He was around to know about it when the Entwives left. Yeah, because, I mean, he knows everything that goes on in his domain, so that's interesting. So, I mean, I'm guessing we're probably going to yeah. see him in the next chapter? Maybe. I'm not even pre- I'm not even going to okay. read the title because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow, that was really good. I mean, we've said that after every one. So, we've, how, many cha- how many chapters do we have left? What, like three? One, two. Yeah, three. Uh, let me see. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, Should we read I just it out read the loud? chapter by accident. The title. Yeah. It's called Calling for Help. And the reason that it's so interesting right. is because having just read the Tom Bobadil chapter in Lord of the Rings, uh, that's what Frodo, yeah. he cries. Yeah, and he's help, not really help, sure help. why. But that, yeah, because when I saw that title, I had the same thought of, okay, well, this must mean, plus what he's already been mentioned yeah. and all that, so... Right. Hmm. Right. Oh my. I first, I really hope that's the case, and if it is, I cannot wait to see how she does Tom Bombadil. And if we're gonna get to see Goldberry, I would love right. to see Goldberry. I think that would be so cool. Yes. Could... Yes. I remember um, we, we read the fan fiction that was about Goldberry, and. I kept thinking about it when um, I was listening to the chapter about um, mm-hmm. Tom Bobadil and Goldberry, and I kept thinking back to I believe that, that was, uh, what was it, of Gossamer Green thing. by, I think it was Sunny Treasures. Yeah, we have it on our... I think so, yes. Um, that sounds, that sounds right. right. Maybe maybe if we, if we get Goldberry yeah. in the next yeah, chapter, yeah, yeah. maybe we shout out that. Yeah, because that was post about it. a while ago that we read that, but it was very, remember being very good. I had the memory of a goldfish, that so does, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest, I don't quite remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't, but I well, yeah, and that's definitely her, her writing style. I haven't talked to her in ages, which is big sad, but and, yeah. 
Um, also, I'm very yeah. sorry, guys, if y'all kept hearing a cat in the background. My roommate's cat is just... He doesn't like shut doors. He thinks it's like an affront to his stateliness as <laughs> to how can we shut the door on him. <laughs> I <think> uh, he's <laughs> but he's loud. He yeah, very I loud. could I could only kind of hear it. It was just kind of barely there. So <laughs> I mean, don't most cats though? Especially, I mean, yes, but he especially thinks. Oh, he thinks that there's no other cats that exist like oh. outside of this apartment. Like he's the only one. Mine is the <laughs> cat that also lives with us. The other one, but like, like he just assumes that he's just. Like, how is this? Like, how is this possible? He doesn't understand. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore uh, you and pretend that you don't exist. Um, I mean, well, right, we well, actually got a um recommendation for fanfic. From Green Scholar Tales, who also shouted out our podcast, because um, we've done a couple of her one shots. Um, well, that was last. Year. Listen, y'all gotta, we, we y'all, y'all gotta quit shouting. Have like out. a whole Otherwise, fifteen people, like, and it's have to do this. It's gonna be a lot of pressure. <laughs> uh, but it's it's great. Okay, so but her recommendation was um, a different kind of dragon by at the smell of home. I think. We, I think it was an entry for the Distant Lands contest way back when. Oh. Um, but let me see if I can find Gosh. it. Never, yes, a different kind of dragon. It looks really interesting. Um, I'm, I think it's just a one. Is it a yeah, one shot? Or one is shot. it like a story? Um, so maybe we'll try and do that the next time we need a one shot. Okay. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That or just, we, we have to this? figure out what we want to do next. Um, I know we talked about continuing Sands of Rune. Yeah. Um, but that means I'm gonna have to go listen yeah. to all of our old cringy podcasts in order to, or actually sit down and read it. So, <laughs> listening to our own voices <laughs> talking about yeah. all those chapters. That's okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, we'll see. Still, like, we'll see what happens when we come now, to so the end of this, of this book. Exactly. Which is like a whole month away, so. It's not. Which doesn't it's really it sound not, like a lot, but I know that it's not. I mean, I feel like this year has been a lot, well, a lot like last year. I think nothing's changed in the past 365 days. Yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> Uh, it it just I, I don't know if it's just because like working two jobs like I just I feel like like when I'm in the middle of the week it's dragging but like it blinks like it blinks away like yeah. I can't believe we're already right. a right. full week into March like what right. happened it was just my birthday like yeah. I'm ready for my birthday to hit crazy first of all it'll be warm and then I just want to be I able bet. to buy my own alcohol is that too much to ask I mean Ugh. it's probably not gonna be a good thing let's be honest it's it it's it's fun like the first yeah. couple times and then it it loses its its sparkle <laughs> and you're just kind of like okay i can do this now this which is, is fine i mean i will say i, I have a bottle of wine in the fridge um 
and I haven't touched it in like two or three days. So I don't think I'm going to turn into a raging alcoholic. So that's a good sign. <laughs> you don't know. It might be yeah. different though. Well, I guess, I guess Caleb can buy it. I was going to say, it might yeah, be it's just super buy, inconvenient. But, uh, I guess Caleb can buy it. So not be able to just go. Cause I want to try different ones. And yeah, but it's hard to be like, can you try, can I get this? Right. But with that or whatever. And I'm trying find that because he's not overly familiar right. with the place called the grocery store so. <laughs> well let's start <laughs> uh, amazing. amazing it's fun but you kind of like it, the, the the negatives that come with it eventually um overpower the yeah. positives of it like the hangovers and then just Oh, you know, but it, it, it like, I mean, don't I, drink, I'm kids. But, but, uh, <laughs> I have so far been able to avoid a true hangover after the wedding. I was super nauseous, nice. I didn't have, I didn't yeah, have a well, headache, well, well. and I didn't throw up. So, 10 out of 10, yeah. I will say though, like if you ever are worried about over drink, like get to that point, get to the point where you're throwing up, get to the point because that mm, will yeah. you only it only needs to happen once, and okay. that'll be that'll be your check. That's that was too know, much. Okay, it turns out. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't remember how much I had, <laughs> but whatever it was, much. not don't do that much again. <laughs> <laughs> oh well now that we've had our uh our, our you remember um our <laughs> phrase okay so the phrase we learned was uh, uh man eat yes man and nathleen what is your man and nathleen what is your answer with okay but yes. i want to go over the, the other the goodbyes because that was like forever no okay it's no ver no vire i had totally forgotten about that one because i only really side. remembered uh until you said it um galu no vire. and then the and bonus galu? one is nomade because i believe galadriel says that in at least the extended nomade. version oh i know i've already talked to you about it right, but i feel like right, i need to right, talk right. About, about the call on the podcast i saw fellowship of the ring in theaters freaking awesome that's all i gotta say and there's lines in there that that are, aren't in the extended and i just i need all of the lines i don't understand why we have the extended and then we have this little scenes um, extra scenes in the in the theatrical that are in the extended why <laughs> that'll be a, a, yes. a goal you've seen them to watch before, the extended though. version here coming up okay soon. okay okay just yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. good i just it's been a couple i might years. watch them over the because i've got two weeks where i have no responsibility other than going to work if we're being quite honest because it's just me. I nice. don't. Ha- I've got like two friends, so right. 
And one of them I'm probably not going to hang out with because I have been exposed to COVID. <laughs> the other one does COVID escorts, to, so she doesn't care. Um, and so it's like, all right, I have one friend, so I'll probably have her over and we'll just drink. And the alcohol will kill all the bacteria in our body. <laughs> There you go. Oh yeah, like that's that. That sounds, that right sounds there. <laughs> uh, thank you. You too. Well, I hope you have a great week. Okay. <laughs> well, it's I'm gonna try. It do be I that way sometimes. It be much different than last week, but you know that's okay. It do be that way. All right, guys. Well, see you thank next you. Week. We'll see y'all soon. All right, I'm gonna try this. Navier. Not no <laughs> Navier. Just Galu. Galu. Navier. I can't do that one. All right. All right. Galu.